Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be with you today. We thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to come to this place and to worship you. I thank you, God, for each person that is here today, for each person that has come to spend a few minutes learning about you. I thank you for what this church represents and for the goodness and love and support that is here. Dear God, as I present a sermon today, please help it to be your words. Please help us to be able to be used by you, to be able to have you come into our hearts and be there for us. We thank you so much for all the blessings that you give us. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll be so glad when we get to heaven and nothing hurts anymore. All right, so I thought this morning I would start with a confession. I believe that everyone that stands up here, before they start writing their sermon, takes a minute to pray and ask God to give us the words we need to say. We each hope that we say something that will be a blessing. So last week, when I got ready to start working on this sermon, I prayed and asked God to give me the words. I will tell you, he didn't give me a lot of words. This will not be the longest sermon you've ever heard. For those getting lunch ready, you might want to hurry. I started typing and pretty much finished the rough draft at one sitting. I had to pick up Will, so I turned off the computer. Satan is such a sneaky character. I had not been out of the house 10 minutes when I started thinking, is it too wordy? Did I say the right thing? That fast, and I was already doubting myself and what I believe God had asked me to say today. It took a minute, but I remembered that this was his message, not mine, and my faith is in him. I'm very glad to be with you this morning. I have heard it said that every day we should do something that pushes us out of our comfort zone and makes us just a little bit terrified. I'm there. As most of you know, my comfort zone is on the other side of this building making sure that we have lunch ready. I can't tell you how glad I am to be back having lunch together again. Every Thursday, when few have signed up to bring something and my faith is a little weak, I wonder if it's worth it. But on Sabbath, I'm reminded it is in so many ways. The most terrifying thing for me each week is the ever-present anxiety of, will we have enough food? What am I going to do with the leftovers, and will there be enough help? The Lord is good every week, and it seems to always work out. I can't say enough good things about the church members who show up week after week, cooking, serving, cleaning, and organizing. Without them, we would all go hungry. 
And a very special thank you to the team that is working today while I speak. They are there so I can be here. Please be sure you thank them if you stay for, with us for lunch today. They never get enough thanks for what they do. I asked several people last week how I was supposed to follow Jim and Carrie. I love to hear Jim speak. I always know it's from his heart. And I love to hear stories about his mom and dad. And Carrie, we are very rapidly learning to love you and your family, and we are so thankful for you and appreciate your message when you share with us. Your message last week about being brave will certainly make a difference here today. We look forward to hearing you speak again very soon, and I can't wait to hear our other speakers. We cannot begin to fill Matt's shoes, but we each have a message to share. I am not a preacher. That is not my gift. Though my son Will might disagree, I once told Ed that Will got three sermons on Sabbath morning, one on the way to church, one at church, and then one on the way home. I love a captive audience, and I had his undivided attention. Moms don't get that often. Now, I never thought of the first and the last as a sermon. To me, they were more like educational moments, but it's very possible that Will thought otherwise. In fact, when reading this to him, he assured me I had preached many, many sermons to him. Like I said, I'm not a preacher, but I am a storyteller. I believe there is a place for both. We as a people, as a church, need both. We need to be reminded of the things we believe in, of all the truths we hold as a congregation. We need to be challenged and pushed out of our comfort zone. We need to be reminded that being part of a church means to be active in that church, doing for others and helping the community see Jesus in us. We need to hear about God's grace, about the incredible sacrifice Jesus made for us when he died on the cross. But sometimes, sometimes we just need a story to remind us of just how much God loves us and how much he wants to show up in our lives in small ways and in ways so big we can't begin to imagine. Before I start my story this morning, I want to assure you I am telling this story with permission of my dear friend Patty. I again yesterday made sure she was comfortable with me sharing what we call our story. She very much wanted you to hear just how God showed up big for her, and it's possible she's watching today. One morning, a couple of months ago, Patty appeared in the doorway of my office and said, I'll be right back. I need to go check on my husband. I said, of course. She seemed very distracted, and the look on her face let me know that something just didn't feel right. I stopped what I was doing and said a quick prayer that all was okay and went back to my work. 
Patty lives close by and could go and check on Paul and be back in about 20 minutes. About an hour later, I realized I hadn't seen her, and I picked up the phone to call her. As I reached for my phone, it rang. Her name popped up on the screen, and without saying hello, I just said, are you okay? On the phone was the EMS supervisor, letting me know Patty would not be back to work that day. And she added, probably not for several days. I knew in that moment something was terribly wrong. I continued to stop every so often to say a prayer for her and Paul, that whatever was going on, they would both be okay. Several hours later, Patty's best friend called to let me know that Patty's husband, Paul, had died. When Patty got home, she found her husband collapsed in the basement. She frantically called EMS, and she started CPR. In the moment she found him, her whole world crashed around her. Paul and their children were her whole world. Paul was her first love. They had been together since both were 14. He was the only man she had ever loved, the only one she had ever dated. They raised three children, two boys and a girl, and multiple foster children. Their hearts were full, and they were completely devoted to each other for more than 40 years. Their morning had started like any other morning. They were making plans for their daughter's birthday party over the weekend. Paul was in the process of starting a new job, and they discussed Paul needing an appointment with the eye doctor because he'd broken his glasses. A normal morning with a usual goodbye. Two hours later, she's sitting on the front steps of her home trying to comprehend what the police were telling her. Paul was gone, and he had committed suicide. There was no warning, no note, nothing that would have given her any warning this was going to happen. Suddenly, every part of her world came to a screeching halt. If you have ever experienced the sudden, tragic loss of a loved one, then you know what she was feeling. Family and friends came trying to support her and love her as best they could over the next couple of weeks. The family decided to delay the memorial service for a while to give them time to process what had happened and to allow family to come from a distance. And Patty went about the job of trying to put her life back together. She came back to work as much as she could, and we did our best to love on her every day. As you would imagine, Patty struggled with the why. Why didn't he say something? Why didn't she just know it was going to happen? And most of all, why did he decide to do this? There was no note, no explanation. All she knew, he was gone, and she would never know why. About a week before the memorial service, the minister came to pick up Paul's ashes and take them to the church for the service. He spent time with Patty, talking to her, 
continuing to provide comfort for her, and to go over last-minute details of the service. Patty was raised Catholic and was raised to believe Paul would burn in hell's fire for eternity because he had taken his own life. This had been something that she had struggled with since the day that he died. She followed the minister out of the house as he left with the ashes. And after he had driven away, as she described it to me, I fell to the ground, pleading with God for a sign that God would not judge Paul that way, that God was a loving and forgiving God, and that Paul's eternity was not based on one moment of illness. That same day, I was out running errands. When I drive, I pray. Sometimes I'm afraid my driving reflects my divided attention. I pray for whatever God puts on my heart to pray for each day. Many of you sitting in this room and watching online have been lifted to God in prayers as I drive. That day I prayed that God would give me a chance to have someone see him through me. Be careful what you pray for. God just might give you what you ask. I had the Christian radio station on. I stopped at Target and was making a list of what I needed before I went into the store, as if at Target I was actually going to follow a list. Going to Target is like going to Costco. There are just things there you didn't know you needed. The car was still running and the radio was still on. The song Scars in Heaven by Casting Crowns came on the radio. What an amazing song. Here are just part of the lyrics. If I had only known the last time would be the last time. I would have put off all the things I had to do. I would have stayed a little longer, held on a little tighter. Now what I'd give for one more day with you. Because there's a wound here in my heart where something's missing. And they tell me it's going to heal with time. But I know you're in a place where all your wounds have been erased, and knowing yours are healed is healing mine. I know the road you walked was anything but easy. You picked up your share of scars along the way. Oh, but now you're standing in the sun. You fought your fight, and your race is won. The pain is all a million miles away. There's not a day goes by that I don't see you. You live on in all the better parts of me. Until I'm standing with you in the sun, I'll fight this fight and this race. I'll run until I finally see what you can see. The only scars in heaven, they won't belong to me and you. There'll be no such thing as broken, and all the old will be made new. And the thought that makes me smile now, even as the tears fall down, is that the only scars in heaven are on the hands that hold you now. Very powerful words. After I stopped wiping away my tears, I thought of Patty, and I thought, I wonder if this would be of any comfort to her. I found the song on YouTube and sent her a text with a link to the song and a note. 
I told her I thought the song had a great message, and I hoped it would give her some comfort, and I went on about my day and to what I thought was the end of this story. Folks, God wants to show up more than anything in our lives, and he wants to do it in incredibly big ways. He wants to use us to reach out to others and to show up for us and to use us to show up for others in big, big ways. I want to give you just a few examples of how he showed up for this church. He led a group of committed people to see a better way. They followed God's leading and they started this church. God showed up. They had no place to meet. The place they were going to rent decided at the last minute not to rent to them when they discovered we were Adventist. God showed up in this place where we meet each week in the last seven and a half years has become available. Some of my favorite stories are about feeding his children. One Sabbath, there was no doubt we did not have enough food. My calculations were way off, and there was absolutely no way there was going to be enough fried chicken to feed everyone. A man showed up at the door who lived at, was staying at the extended stay next across the road and asked for food. He told us he had paid their bills for the month, but there was nothing left for food, and he had hungry children. And could we spare some food for them? He was not asking for him and his wife, but could we spare something for the children? I looked at the people still in line and looked at the food available, and I said, God, you are going to have to make this work. God, you can see there is not enough food now. And if I feed these people, I know we're going to run out before the end of the line. I filled enough containers with, with enough food for four people for two meals. The gentleman just kept thanking Roy and me. And as he left, he had tears in his eyes. And I must admit, I needed to take a moment before I went back to the serving line. Folks, the last person in line got the last piece of chicken. God showed up really big that day. I can't begin to tell you how many times I have waited to get the number of people in the audience. When Mark comes to tell me how many people are there, and I start pay, praying that loaves and fishes prayer. Time and time again, he has made not enough into just enough or more than enough. When you come into the outreach center with your food, you have no idea how God has showed up big with what you brought. He used you that day to feed a hungry family. He used you to show a family that God cares for his children and God could be found at our church. We feed at Open Door Ministries, a homeless shelter in High Point, the third Sabbath of every month. We are known as the Chicken Church because every time we go, we serve fried chicken. Thomas always gets the chicken, and this particular week, Walmart misplaced our order. There was no chicken when Thomas got there. He worked as hard as he could to get as much chicken as he could at fast food places, but we usually order 200 pieces of chicken, and he had maybe 75. We were in trouble. I think every one of us were praying the loaves and fishes prayer that night. 
please God, we need a miracle. <clears throat> it did not take long for us to run out of chicken. I remember looking at Matt and Thomas and asking, well, what do we do now? Then I remembered I had veggie chicken with me. I had overestimated the amount we would need at lunch. Again, God showed up. And I had a big pan in the back of the car. I asked Yvonne, the lady in charge, if she was okay with us serving veggie chicken. She reluctantly agreed. She kept asking, now, what exactly is this made out of? We started serving the veggie nuggets. The clients kept talking about how excited they were to have chicken nuggets and even asked for seconds. I feel certain they never knew no chicken had been anywhere near those nuggets. And no one left hungry. God showed up. Over and over, God has showed up for this church and in the lives of many in this room. Several times in the Bible, we read how God worked through his children. Think of Noah, Moses, and Daniel, just to name a few. God using ordinary people in the most extraordinary ways. In Hebrews, it says, For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers, as you still do. Our great desire is that you keep on loving each other as long as life lasts in order to make certain that what you hope for will come true. Then you will not become dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those that are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. In Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Acts 20.24 But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. And finally, don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some have done this, have entertained angels without realizing it. Hebrews 13.2 Now to finish my story. I sent the text to Patty and went on about my day. I didn't hear back from her, but I really didn't give it a thought. The next day, when I got to work, she sent me a message to come see her when I had a minute. I walked to her office and she asked me to sit down. She told me about the minister coming, <clears throat> about her despair, about her pleading with God for a sign just something to let her know Paul's life would not be judged by just that one moment. While begging God for some kind of sign, her phone alerted her to a text message. She looked at her phone and saw the message from me with a song. At first she was upset 
Scars in heaven? What a horrible thing. She thought, why would we carry our scars to heaven? What was Celeste thinking when she sent this to me? But then she listened to the song, and then she listened again. Then God showed up. She said she felt as if God had hit her with a two-by-four. In that moment, she said she felt as if God had wrapped his arms around her and said, Paul is my child. His life means more than that one moment. And if it was not how Paul's story would end. She said she felt a peace that she had not had since Paul had died. She said it was as if God was there with her in that yard, holding her and assuring her he would see her through. For the first time since she had found Paul in the basement, she was able to stand up tall, and for the first time, she was able to take a deep breath. She knew there would be dark days ahead. Little did she know in that moment that her mom would be dead in three weeks with COVID. But she now knew that God was with her. God showed up for Patty. I just sent a text, nothing special. Just a quick note to let her know I was thinking of her and to be sure she was still breathing. But God showed up and used that moment for something so much more. Because of a simple text, Patty felt God's presence, felt his love and care for her. I will close with us. It is never God doing amazing things for us, but God doing amazing things through you and me for his glory. Dear God, I thank you for being there to provide love and support for Patty. And I thank you for letting me be a part of that moment. Every day, let our prayer be, God, please show up in our lives in small and in big ways so that others can see you and us. Please use our lives in our actions for your glory. In so many ways you show up using ordinary people in sometimes small and sometimes extraordinary ways. Please help us to be willing to be used by you to show others your infinite love and care for them. Thank you for the times you have used each of us in the past even when we never knew it, to show others your amazing love and care. And thank you for the times you will use us in the future if we only ask. Bless this church and bless these people. Amen.